joining us on the podcast today is the man helping us partner with our friends at Top Seed Tennis Club to bring all of you this weekend's Young Kings Scholarship Tennis Tournament in uh, Nicholasville, Kentucky. Of course, you're going to be able to see players like CeCe Bellis, Jeannie Bouchard, Layla Fernandez, and more in action. And of course, this man is also helping us grow the tennis universe with his team at the Tennis One app. He is the Chief Content and Business Development Officer at Bleacher as well. Randy Master, welcome to the show. It is great to have you. Thanks. Thanks so much, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. And it's going to be an exciting weekend ahead in Kentucky for sure. Uh, we are pumped to be partnering with you guys. And we're pumped for everybody involved in this thing, the players, the charity, um, everybody at the club. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, oh, it, no, it's I, I, yeah, to completely echo that sentiment, it's going to be delightful, right? I think we are all looking forward uh, to tennis just being played. And, you know, I obviously need to butter you up at the start like I would any guest. But, you know, what <laughs> you guys are doing at the Tennis One app right now, bringing just the perspectives, you're bringing the players to the fans. And in a time like this, when there aren't formal events, uh, that's a tennis fan's delight. And so, you know, for you guys to also partner uh, with Topsy to be able to stream this event, I know that something tennis fans across the globe can get excited about and you know I guess even before we get into this event can you tell our fans a little bit about what you and the team at Bleacher are up to? Sure well I joined Bleacher uh, two years ago and I found out about Bleacher and I met the folks at Bleacher because they were creating the white label apps for tennis tournaments such as Miami and Cincinnati and Winston-Salem and the the list goes on, Swiss Open Gestad. Um, and I was actually working, I'd spent 10 years at Tennis Channel. I started working uh, with Ann Wooster at the Connecticut Open and also with Josh Ripple, who ultimately went down to Miami and Eddie Gonzalez in Atlanta. And they were, Bleacher was building the apps for all these events. And through my relationships, uh, at the tournaments, I got to know them, and ultimately, when the Connecticut Open had to had to had to sell and shut down, um, I started speaking with these folks at Bleacher, and uh, and it's been a great ride over the last two years. So, Bleacher, the parent company of Tennis One, is a mobile sports app developer based in Minneapolis. Uh, it's certainly Minneapolis is certainly not a great place to be. Uh, currently due to the recent events there, but our team is very resilient. Everybody's working from home uh, and we're doing really positive things in the community to, uh, with other companies to try to help what's, uh, you know, as everyone would agree is a terrible situation there. So we create white label apps for partners in tennis, college, the college space, uh, baseball. We do it for leagues, teams, tournaments, all kinds of sporting events. <laughs> tennis has really been our bread and butter and we are now creating the white label apps for and i wish all these tournaments um were happening right now i remember i remember giving this list to john wertheim and he said have you just you just named all the tournaments that have been canceled this year randy and so <laughs> so it's a miami open volvo car open rogers western southern newport atlanta winston-salem the list goes on so we were having so much success in our white label business that, and, and fans were spending 10, 20 minutes at a time in our apps at the tournaments, 
and the tournament directors love us. Um, we were having such great success that we said, hey, doesn't it make sense to create our own proprietary app? And that was the genesis of Tennis One because we wanted to develop a 24-7 mobile hub for all things tennis. And we wanted to create something that was unlike anything in the marketplace. And right now, we think it's the best thing going in the tennis space within apps, for sure. There are hundreds of tennis media companies out there. Everybody's doing great things. In the app world, we thought we had an opportunity and that's manifesting itself in these numbers. Close to 10,000 downloads since our launch in January, about 100 a day. Um, and nobody's playing tennis right now. And we've grown our users and our screen views by 150% since the pandemic. So we're doing some we're doing some great things here, and I'm do, and I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I, it sounds awesome, and you can count me in one of those thousands of people who have downloaded the Tennis One app. And you know, I do want to during this conversation talk about your background in the sport because I, you know, I don't often come across people who I think I can say love the game as much as I do. And looking at you into your background, I think it's quite clear to say that you do love tennis, you know, as <laughs> much as anyone in the world. And I want to explore that. But you talk about developing these apps for these various tournaments, and so often there's this stigma attached to tennis, right? That it's so old-fashioned, that it hasn't adapted to modern times. It's not active enough in social media or, you know, there's frustration because over who has the use of what rights and who can distribute what sort of highlights. How have the apps you guys developed at Bleacher for these events? How do you think, you know, tennis embracing social media and apps in general can help make tennis a better product for fans? Yeah, well, that you know, that's what we think about every day, and that was really why uh, Bleacher started in the tennis business initially with the Rogers Cup, not a bad and Coop Rogers, not, not a bad tournament uh, to start your white label business with. So um, they challenged us. They have a very, very, as you know, forward-thinking team up in up in Canada, and they challenged us to build an app that was going to go far beyond live scores and draws and player fields and anything you know we we call them kind of the core features which you have to do well but the rogers cup and now all of these tournaments they wanted an engagement platform and that we do very well but they want to monetize their fans in a, in a big way and we've been able to make these tournaments a lot of money and this is via in seat ordering you sit you know you're you're, you're at the rogers cup um you're sitting on center court you know watching two of the best players in the world you want a beer you don't want to get up go to go to, go to your app order it we've got runners they know tennis they're going to wait for the changeover you know walk down give you your beer and we have been doing that essentially at, at most tournaments that we've been able to figure it out with their uh, with their folks on site. So it's in-seat ordering. We've helped them in, in sponsorships in a big way. We create fan streams, which is essentially, you know, just like a, a Facebook or an Instagram, but you're geo-fenced. So you're, you're basically interacting with all the fans on site that are posting pictures there. Um, uh, merchandise sales has created a lot of revenue for these tournaments. Express ordering. So, uh, uh, again, if you don't want to wait in line, it's kind of like the Starbucks model, walk up, get your beer, walk back to your seat. So 
Um, we, you know, we've had to create a completely different platform. And I applaud all of the people in tennis that have said, hey, we want to get outside of this model of just creating an app or not even creating an app, just creating a website with relevant information. But again, draws, scores, news, highlights, players. It's all important. But in this day and age, as you know, you got to go well beyond that information because you can get that information anywhere. You don't have to go to Tennis One, you know, to, to find out who won in the first round of, you know, of Wimbledon. So that that's really the thinking. Uh, the last thing I would say, and it's a, you know, it, it's a little bit out of this fan engagement model, is that we've we've now created a proprietary ticketing platform with a company called Ticket Socket. So we're going to every tournament that we work with and and a lot of them are working with the ticket masters and the e-ticks of the world but we're creating a platform or offering to create a platform for them that i think is the best ticketing platform out there in tennis as you know it's very hard to get tournaments to switch from a ticket master e-ticks whoever it is StubHub. and i mean i always give the example of with whoever it is i mean ticket Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster is the, is the monster in this space. You know, I brought my son to a Rangers game back when they were playing hockey. And I sort of got I kept my tickets on the screen of my phone for two weeks because I didn't know where the hell they were. I didn't know if they were coming in through an email. I didn't know if they were in Apple Pay. I didn't know if I could print them out. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but now go right to the app. Your tickets are right there. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think that's a big issue. I don't know where the hell my tickets are when I buy. I don't know if you guys do, but that, uh, you know, again, it's fan engagement, it's monetization, and now it's ticketing for us, are big ways for us to monetize uh, our, you know, our fans or our partners' fans and keep them as, as clients for, uh, you know, for the very long term, we hope. No, that's fascinating to hear. And, you know, to get back to it earlier, and I'm trying to swear less A because I don't want our super producer to have to, you know, drive across the country, then go edit a bunch. But, you know, the idea of, because when you're sitting in the stands for a tennis match, right, and this, I'm building up the story because you know an F-bomb's coming. Uh, you're sitting in the stands, it's a tennis match, you know, it's a, a battle. It's deep in the third, and or maybe it's early in the third set, and you've been sitting there for two hours, and you're like, hey, I could use a beer. And I suppose you never could have a runner to say, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you go? the bathroom for me uh, but you're always sitting there and you're like I don't want to miss two changeovers and so the concept of having you know a runner go grab you that beer uh, that's awesome it really is. And so, yeah, that is the sort of way tennis can get better. I agree. There are a lot of things from a fan perspective. And so to see, you know, uh, tennis tournaments just acknowledge that there are ways to continue to improve the fan experience. Uh, that's really exciting to hear from our perspective here at Crack Rackets. And again, that's why we are so excited to be partnering with you guys, not just this weekend, but hopefully more moving forward, just acknowledging, you know, that the Tennis One app fills a much needed gap in the tennis universe and you talk about developing apps for each individual entity I think that also gets to an underlying problem in tennis and you know I'm gonna be honest this is not 
where I expected the conversation to go, but you made some excellent points, and it's clear you think about these things, so I'm curious about your perspective. Uh, the fact that there are so many different tournaments, there are so many different competing interests for fans' attention in tennis, that's what creates the sort of market for the Tennis One app, right? Because, you know, Western Southern wants to promote Western Southern. Obviously, they need to monetize off their event because it's still a business. But it's it, because each individual product wants to monetize themselves, I, I feel like tennis has a particular problem unifying all of the tennis content under one umbrella. It, it absolutely does. And, and as you said, I've been in the, in the tennis business for a long time in a variety of roles and talk to all these people in a way that I've gotten to know over the last 20 years. And then I've mentioned them, you know, the Brett Habers of the world and the Katrina Adams and the Todd Martins. And they all say the same thing. They're like, hey, Randy, what you guys are doing. And, and I heard it from a prospective sponsor yesterday is it seems like you are talking to everybody. If it's the USDA, it's the ATP, UTR, WTA. I'm not saying we're having success with everybody, but we're talking to everybody. But we're talking to all the tournaments. We're talking to all the tournament directors. We're talking to tournaments, you know, all over the globe. And, you know, I think, and, and you guys, I think, would agree with all of these players and all of these uh, industry leaders and then all of these people that Andrew Krasny is getting on his take your best shot show within our app he just had elena vesnina live from russia he has Jeannie bouchard tonight uh the, the point i'm making is to your point we're bringing everybody into this world and saying hey i don't care about the politics that you have to deal with day in and day out and you get really tired i mean as funny as the curios becker thing is and the fact that and the fact that Nick has become like the conscience of tennis right now, I know. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a terrible reflection on our sport. And it's like, hey, I thought the ATP and WTA were going to merge. I haven't heard a damn thing since Rogers tweeted that out. So again, we are we want to be you know we want to be one place where everybody can everybody can integrate just like you guys have fun. And all try to grow the sport together because it's uh, it's never happened before. And I think people like me, people like you, a lot of people are getting sick of it. Let's let's all grow the sport together. And that's right. our uh, that's our philosophy. I'm just gonna tell you this in advance. Push whatever four o'clock meeting you have. We're gonna be chatting for a while um, because you know to everything you said there. No, that was that's a joke. Because I just I completely echo your sentiment. Like I I think you nailed it. And so to sort of get into the tennis one app for those people who aren't aware of what you guys are doing. You know interviews with players and you know all of the various different highlights. Because I think the highlight aspect of the sport is another thing. And you know in terms of the monetization of the product and the rights, who owns the rights to what's being played because again tournaments have a right to want to monetize the you know the, the matches that happen on site that, that that just makes sense that's how a business works but at the same time if you're a fan and you miss the match or you don't have tennis channel it oftentimes can be really difficult to access good highlights and of course YouTube is what it is now and people are going to violate rights it happens but sometimes the ATP tennis TV they'll say no 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 you're not violating the rights and they'll pull the matches and you know from a tennis fan's perspective again I'm going to drop, drop another F-bomb. That f sucks. It just 
does. Like, and, it and that's, does. Uh, it's a it's a problem as a fan. So I guess what is you know the tennis one apps? Uh, thought, you know what what is the uh, that's part of the solution, right? Is figuring out how to get through that problem. Yeah, well, it is, and you know, to be frank, we we had talked about trying to work with, and, and I was in the TV world for a long time, and you know, I went from when the Tennis Channel you know, couldn't have a conversation with, you know, the freaking club tournament down the road to, uh, to televise that thing to, you know, the French open. And so we're going to get practice court streaming. We're going to, we're going to walk all over the grounds where they let us have press credentials. And just like you guys, we're going to get cool interviews and, and have the players open up and, um, go behind the scenes. So, so we said once the tour shut down, and this, as you know, was in mid-March when they canceled Indian Wells. We got everybody, we got our whole team in a room and said, okay, what are we gonna do? Even, um, you know, even if there are a bunch of exos coming up, and we didn't know what was gonna happen at that point, how are we gonna get, how are we gonna get the rights to those? So here was our idea. Let's go out, we're gonna create three different platforms, live streams with players, we do, three or four a day uh they're doing everything from cooking to going on scavenger hunts uh dennis kudla signs up for about uh, 20 of these a week i mean uh, we've shown him (laughs) we've shown him in the bathroom i mean this guy (laughs) he'll honestly dennis will do anything he just wants to be on the show he's being compensated but he helps drive downloads and that was the whole idea we'll pay the players and then they will promote us on their social media and we'll get downloads because of that. It's a great trade-off. Yeah, especially no, your, 100%. Especially a great trade-off with, with Adana Vekic. Um, <laughs> you know, great, great trade-off. And then... Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then there's, I talked about it a little bit, Andrew Krasny, and you know, everybody knows Andrew is the MC at all these major events in the country. Uh, he's doing an original show, Take Your Best Shot, He's had Madison Keys on, Mary Carrillo, James Blake, Andy Roddick, Venus Williams, uh, Lindsey Davenport. Um, all of these people coming into our world, Tennis One, that did not, had not heard of us at all. It couldn't, you know, put, couldn't pick our app out of a lineup if they tried. And now they're all in. I do interviews. I've had John Wertheim, McAtee, Steve Weissman, Todd Martin, Katrina Adams. Um, so again, all of these people we've had to create content what can we get what's going to be cheap and what's going to be engaging and i think we've been successful and now we're going into our first uh live tennis this weekend so we're pumped that this is where it's brought us yeah again that's a perfect segue it's clear you have some experience in this business um but you know to get to uh just to, to to uh, hop off of that I think again that's why we at Cracked Rackets are so excited to be working with you guys this weekend is because we have a very similar mindset there are so many you know diverse and fascinating stories throughout the tennis universe because so many people come from so many different backgrounds there are so many differing perspectives and you know there's so much entertainment to be had not only during the matches but you're right seeing these players on the practice courts is almost sometimes more enjoyable because they're a little bit more laid back or they'll mess around and try some fun things with the people they're 
they're hitting with. And so to be able to highlight those features as well as to be able to hear directly from the players and, again, go beyond just scores, draws, and highlights, that's the sort of all-encompassing experience that you know we try to provide here at Cracked Rackets, and I know you guys are providing at the Tennis One app as well. So, again, that's why we are so thrilled to, as you mentioned, be diving into the play-by-play foray this weekend uh, with you guys for, as I mentioned, the Young Kings Scholarship Tennis Tournament at the Top Seed Tennis Club in Kentucky, where we, where we have some of the top WTA players from around the world coming to play this event. Some of them, you know, coming from Charleston, others about to head off to the World Team Tennis season. Uh, I, you know, I know I'm excited for this event. I'm excited to polish off my play-by-play chops, I think, was the last event I called, I guess, was the Men's National Indoors play-by-play, um, and I'm just chomping at the bit to get back out there. Are you as excited for, you know, how excited are you guys to dive into that play-by-play foray? We, we are so excited and we've been, you know, we've been waiting for this opportunity for a while. Once these exos started, um, you know, started during the pandemic, we were like, okay, this is, this is our chance to start live streaming some matches, maybe bring in some talent. In this case, it's going to be, it's going to be you guys. We were introduced to everybody in the world that was putting on one of these. And, you know, quite frankly, we just weren't big enough. They all listen to our presentation. They like what we do. Um, and we were ready to go. And finally, we just said, um, okay, we, there, there are too many of these going on. It, it, Atlanta, the, the one you guys just did, not too many. It's great. But at some point, one of these exos is, is going to go with us. And Kelly Wolf of Octagon, who, who you may know, uh, she has been, Kelly has been so great um, at helping us bring players into the Tennis One app with, with her clients at Octagon. So Kelly brings us this opportunity. I saw the player field. Kelly was like, oh, it's probably not one of the better player fields in all these exos. And then I looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about? And <laughs> now I'm like, this is, this is a phenomenal player field. And... Um, and it, 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 quite frankly, it's a perfect place for us to start um, because it's, it's in Kentucky. We can travel there. Um, there isn't a ton of pressure on us. Like if we were at that UTS event or maybe one of the UTR events. Um, so Kelly, you know, the way this started is Kelly got us on the call with John. Kelly was on of Octagon. They taught, uh, we were really, really impressed with John. We were impressed with the charity component we were impressed with the club the player field and now that you know nothing against lauren davis but Jeannie bouchard coming in that changes the game here a little bit um it, it, it's quite a field i mean especially if you're a, a u.s tennis fan you know all of these women and uh maureen barteau is not somebody i know but that's fine um i'm sure uh, i'm sure she'll put on a great show I, i'm you know i'm looking forward to uh learning more about her but you know, the Young King scholarship part of this and helping young black men in the community, um, especially, you know, given the racial justice um, protest and Black Lives Matter and everything that's happening in the world. I think this is obviously the perfect charity to uh, be focused our attention on. So there's so many great things about this EXO, Alex, that I think Again, it's the perfect fit, and now we we have a chance to show everybody what we can do 
from a streaming standpoint and uh, in working with you guys is only going to make the production that much better. Well, again, that's why we're a good team because what you don't know about Marine Parto, I can tell you. Currently, number 642 in the WTA singles rankings, career high 407. And, you know, I've got your back there, Randy. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Thank you uh, for we're, that. Well, yeah, of now course. I know. No, we, yeah, exactly. And, again, that's part of the Tennis One app team. We bring it to you from all angles, I suppose. I guess I'm saying we already. I apologize. It just slips out. Um, but, yeah, no, we're uh, really excited to get down there as well because, you know, we're coming from Miami. We were at the Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition, and it's going to be the same sort of environment, and that's what we're so excited about because, you know, we got the chance to chat with all of the players on site and offer insight into things like how are the players feeling right now about the U.S. Open's return? How likely do they think it is? You know, you mentioned things like the merger talks from earlier on or player relief just to get uh, get the chance to speak with these players, hear from them, even if it's on or off the record. Um, that's what tennis fans want. They want to hear from their favorite players and, you know, people like CeCe Bellis as well and, uh, you know, Jessica Pegula. You can go on and on and on. It's going to be such a fun uh, week of weekend of action in Kentucky this weekend, and that's why we are so excited to be there. Um, I mean, do you want to offer any predictions? You think you know who's going to come out on top? Well, you know, as as you guys know, it's very you know with EXOs, it's uh, it's yes. hard to predict. I mean, I was looking at the at the I watched some of the UTS uh, mm-hmm. event um, that Mortaglu put on, and first of all, the scoring, the whole thing, you know, was like a. I don't. I mean, I know tennis as well as anybody. I think I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on when I first turned it on. <laughs> I mean, you know, between the behavior on court, between the interviews with Benoit Pair on. You know, with all the guys on the sideline, the scoring, I just, it took me a while, but finally uh, I got it. I think I got it. I, did you guys get it? Well, um, again, this is why I said push the four o'clock um, because I enjoyed it. It's an, right. You got to understand with the grain of salt. You got you understand this. It, it's an exhibition, so that they're having fun with it. That it was something different. I very much enjoyed. Now, if you're saying, t- you know. I this is my mindset. I, I guess sure. I'm going to throw this at you. You again. You know the game as well as anyone. I suppose this is how we can get into your background in the sport. But uh, what I've learned from this time period, this uh, these multiple exhibition events, is I think the tennis calendar needs to craft out a six week time period, maybe in that like June to early July range, and to ask any of the tournaments to do this. Ha! Good luck with that. But events such like you know such as Laver Cup, such as what we saw in Charleston for the women last weekend things like UTS and just these various exhibitions that have popped up, I think there's a place for them in the tennis schedule because something different is enjoyable. And, you know, uh, no, I would never want to see a Grand Slam, at least right now, competed like they did at UTS. But I do like the creativity. A UTS match reminds me of the sort of matches you would play if you're going to, you know, you call your friend and you're like, hey, you want to go hit at the park for an hour and you play best of five ground stroke games. Right, right, exactly. Um, yeah, so so I don't know. Do you think yeah. there's a place for it in the in the tennis calendar? Well, it's it's a great question. I mean, when I think exos in tennis, you know, I think of you know, I think of uh, Roger and and Sasha going down to South America and playing in front of eight million people. That was absolutely phenomenal. Exos anywhere in that kind of uh, what do they call it? In golf, like the silly season in tennis, sure. where it's yeah. like, why are you guys playing these exos? And you complain that the damn season is too long. Yet, <laughs> yet you're playing all these. And obviously, the the answer is money. Um, but to your point, that exo and a lot of them, 
a lot of them, whether it's what John Isner does or Marty does and, and what Roger does, it's all for charity. So I, I don't want to um, I don't want to demean what these great players are doing, because ultimately when Rafa and, and, um, and Roger play, the, the money going to both of their charities through these exos is great. This event this weekend, charity, again, it's not going to create the, the type of cash that uh, a top player, playing a top player, would generate. But there is absolutely a place in the tennis season, on the tennis calendar, where players should be able to go out, it, hopefully in the non-pandemic age, play in front of thousands of fans, make it fun. You know, it's you, you look at Jim Courier's tour, <coughs> different because they're all legends, but people have fun. You know, they, they bring in a, and again, these guys, these guys haven't been pro. Macro has been on the tour in in a hundred years and people still go out to see him. But any, anything that's not a sanctioned event, um, and event, you know, events like this, Charleston, UTR, yes, there is absolutely a place for them. And then I think it gives someone like a Marine Parteau, who I don't, how the hell do you know who she is? Um, well, there's, you know, the good news is you can search things on your phone so quickly now that I could get away with that while you're giving an answer. <laughs> oh, I thought, honestly, I thought you, you honestly knew who she was. Um, Again, fake it till you make it. Um, so, but she, it, it gives players like that a chance to play um, where they don't have to qualify and they don't have to, you know, make the cutoff. And it gives them a chance to get in and play some of these top players without having to play a challenger event or, you know, a 125 event where they're playing all the same kinds of players and you got to break through to win it and get points. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, these these are matchups and then, and then you can kind of play with them over the three days and everybody plays everybody. So it's like a, it's like a, 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 it's like a fun round Robin with some really, really, really good players. So I, I, I love it. There's a place for it for sure. I'm so happy to hear you say that. And I'm going to whisper this so that people who listen don't get this idea. But I bet the rights are going to be a little bit cheaper. And I bet we might have some opportunities there uh, for those <laughs> exhibitions as well. So, you know, we'll say the quiet part out loud, but still quietly. Um, so, yes, I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, these exhibitions, certainly, you know, I watched J.C. Aragoni take, use, I think, like 250-ish in the world, take on a guy in Hoopy Hercatch who's top 30 in the world, and it was phenomenal tennis. And even the Fast 4 format, again, just playing a little bit differently. It was very fun to watch. And so, yeah, I, I echo that sentiment entirely. Now, the tennis season is so so long as is and you know not every player is going to buy into it but there are some people who will play every exhibition Gosh. right the dominic teams of the world are going to play each and every event that they can and so i i, I completely agree to change the subject uh quickly because again uh i know i don't want to take up too much of your time what this has shown me is that we're going to have to bring you back on the podcast again if you would be so kind to talk about your time with tennis channel with espn with the you know out in connecticut for the open all the various things you have done throughout your tennis career uh but you know i want to have a little fun with you so i have one tangent i have planned it's something i brought up on today's mini break podcast and again given you've seen it from the marketing perspective you've seen it from the business the content generating perspective want your thoughts on this idea okay without endorsing the person the beliefs whatever we don't have to get into that right now Novak Djokovic 
if he comes back, channels all of the animosity that has been directed at him from the tennis universe, and embraces the villain role, and just rips off just an undefeated stretch to the rest of his year, which again, which would be really unexpected, right? Because, or just, if we get tennis back, he just, he takes all that anger, the crowds are going to be booing him, he goes undefeated. Wouldn't that be good for the game? I, I think it, I think it would. And the reason I say that is probably because I just interviewed my friend Steve Weissman, who I think you guys know, he's such a good guy and he's so good at what he does on Tennis Channel. And I'm older than Steve. And I brought up, he didn't have great things to say about Novak right now. Nobody does. You know, it's like talking about Zverev right now. He might as well, this guy should be thrown off the tour for what he did. Um, But Novak, uh, the reason I brought up Steve is that Novak likes, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Steve likes that element of players and likes to, and it's act, you know, it's like what Mortaglu was saying. It's like, let's bring out that, let's bring out that anger and fire in, in players. And this isn't the type of anger and fire that we're talking about. It's more about like, you know, McEnroe and you can't be serious and everything like that. But Novak channels his stuff. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to apologize when he gets over to the U.S. Open. But if he did it, he would show what, what uh, Steve Weissman calls a, a, generation, a generational swagger that Nick has and uh, Baker Mayfield has. And Novak, maybe he has because he's going to like just have a chip on his shoulder and just say, I'm coming over here to the French and maybe the U.S. Open and I'm going to kick some ass. And that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. And I think I think fans would love it too, right? I just – so even if they love it, they hate it, they'd watch it. And that's really what matters, right? And in the end, that, that's what we're all going for. And so I agree it would be a fantastic thing. And again, uh, I appreciate you giving us as much time as you have. And just a sure. reminder for all of you fans, we will be live on the Tennis One app doing the play-by-play call for this weekend's Young King Scholarship Tennis Tournament at Top Seat Tennis Club. Uh, you're not going to want to miss out on the action. So just download that app right now. You're going to be saving yourself. You're going to do it in the future. Just do it right now. Knock it out of the way. Uh, you know, you'll get that on your phone ready to rock and roll. But we see the return of these exhibition matches. We see the return of action here in Kentucky and Miami, elsewhere as well. How are you feeling about the return of tennis? Do you think the U.S. Open, as of where we are right now, July 2nd, uh, do you think it's going to go ahead? Uh, I I don't – I can't see any reason why it wouldn't. You know, I think, again, everybody is – you know, everybody's concerned about what happened with the Adria tour and all of those players that tested positive. I think everybody is now worrying about um, if the players, and we're not talking about players that are 8,000 in the world. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about Sasha Zverev. And he, he, again, he's probably the poster boy right now. But that being said, I don't know why the U.S. Open will not be played in front of no fans um, with all of the various protocols that that the USDA has put in place and the mayor of New York and the governor of New York all supporting it, um, I, I personally, unless, unless there's some massive, massive spike, um, and we're actually doing better uh, in this part of the country where I am, I'm in Connecticut, than, than the rest of the country right now, 
uh, with cases going in, in the other direction, they're going down. I don't see any reason why uh, the USDA shouldn't be commended uh, for doing this and also bringing in the Western and Southern. And yes, I think they are, uh, they are gonna be played, but under the strictest protocols for players. If they don't wanna play, don't play. It's their decision. You can't tell anyone, you can't tell anyone what they should do and what they should not do. It's nobody's business. If Novak doesn't want to come over here, it's his decision. I don't care. Nobody should care. So, and then when it comes to the French, they announced today that they're going to be playing at 60% capacity. Seems a little questionable to me. Um, do I think it'll go on? Yes. Do I think that percentage might go down? Uh, absolutely. Um, but in my book, uh, the U.S. Open starts, then they go to or Western Southern, or actually, Alex, the City Open is going to be played. I forgot about that one. Palermo um, as well in Italy. I'm sorry, I missed that. The, the, no, I, I the said Palermo. Yeah, Palermo. Yeah, for Palermo. The WTA. Yeah, in Palermo. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, City Open here domestically, uh, which is great for them. Again, no fans, but it's a big event. Um, 500, the only 500 here in the United States. And um, yeah, let, let's move forward. This is, uh, this is the time, but, you know, I, I think John Isner made a questionable comment yesterday. I don't know what it was. You guys might know. I like, I like John it was, a lot. Not, it, was the, it was the demeaning of everyone who doesn't want tennis to return yet or isn't comfortable with it. He called them Corona bros. It's just like that. That's just stirring the pot. Yeah. And I, don't think that's really yeah i don't not know. a fan I, I, not a fan um <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. wasn't the right thing to say but exactly um but yeah you can uh i don't know it's i i don't agree with him at all because it's it's just that pretending like this thing hey i'm not gonna get it and then everybody gets it and um but yeah yeah tennis is gonna go on for sure i i, I don't have any doubt unless the stupidity of current players right now just runs rampant, uh, you know, across the country and across the world. And, and that's, that's very possible. By the way. I completely agree with you. And again, uh, the sentiment we got from the guys in Miami, uh, was that if you hear that in the background, yes, we are next to a semi truck right now as we, uh, make the journey. It's a nice little revving there. Um, but you know, uh, we're talking to the players and they say, you know, they, feel less and less confident given the way the numbers are going that the U.S. Open is going to happen but that should it happen they're ready to play it and so it's some, it's just a fascinating thing to monitor and of course though for all of those fans who are in need of tennis action right now again you can all watch this weekend's Young King Scholarship Tennis Tournament at the Top Teeth's Top Seed Tennis Club in Kentucky on the Tennis One app. Uh, Randy Master, again, thank you so much for joining us. For all the fans out there, again, uh, I, they can download the Tennis One app, right, to follow all of the content? They can download it right now. And, and <laughs> wait, wait, I- let's, give them, let's give them a five-second pause. <laughs> One, two, three, four. You just click download. Five, nice. Okay, go on. <laughs> they can download the app uh, right now. They can watch Andrew Krasny live speak with Jeannie Bouchard, the headliner this weekend, and they can get as much pregame content as we can possibly deliver and download it now. We're going to be promoting the hell out of it. And, uh, you know, we're we're so excited. So 
just go in the app store that, or the Go- or Google Play and type in Tennis One. The app will be yours, and uh, you know, and, and let's start watching this weekend and and listening to you, Alex. This is you think this conversation's been long? You're going to be talking for like sixty hours. No, this is the warm up. I'm just getting the vocal cords <laughs> warm. Believe me, believe me, sixty hours. My dad will be like, "That's it." Like, I've heard you do worse. Uh, we, we play a game in our house where I talk as much as possible until he tells me to shut the F up. Um, and it, but it's an affectionate game, of course. We, we call that, uh, I suppose, uh, parenting in my house. So anyways, <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, Randy, thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with us and know that you are always welcome back here on our Crack Rackets podcast should you ever want to chat. Thanks, and, and my pleasure coming on. Yeah, take care, Randy. All right, you too.